and uh, there were. Did you see any hunts. tours of the day with maybe DCL duo magnets? Nah. <laughs> I didn't. I did keep a lookout, though. I did keep a lookout. I did see a few DCL magnets around. Now they happen to be our neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> everybody to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel and Sam. We're headed out on the open ocean ex- exploring the Atlantic, right? Is that what we're up to? We are. I am so excited. I This is one of the cruise itineraries that I've been dying to do. I don't know if and when it is in our future because these itineraries always seem to occur during the school year. Thanks so much, Disney. Um, and to be fair, on other cruise lines, they also occur during the school year. But we're talking transatlantic sailing. We're talking headed from the United States, from Florida to be specific, all the way across to Europe. And so we're excited to welcome Jessica for the first time to the show. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, Why don't you tell folks what your background is with cruising generally, and of course, with Disney cruising specifically. So in general, the very first cruise I ever got to go on was actually on the QE2 when I was 10 years old. So my very first experience, yeah, was Cunard. (laughs) And I was... Spoiled. Totally spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) I was in love with the whole idea from the get-go. My brother was younger. And so he got to see, like they took him up to the bridge and all sorts of fun things like that. I got to go to high tea every day, which, you know, as a 10-year-old, maybe not so interesting, but for me, I loved it. And that was just an amazing experience. So later on, uh, when we were kind of looking around to celebrate my grandmother's 90th birthday, we did another cruise on Celebrity this time, uh, again with my family, but this more extended family. And that was a lot of fun. But um, then we were looking around in basically 2016 for something different to do for Christmas. We had had a lot of life changes we landed on the wonder going out of Galveston as nice. a way to celebrate Christmas and do, you know start a new kind of tradition. And the kids were young at the time. Uh, they were four and seven. And we were kind of like, uh, you know, celebrity was... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was great for grandma's 90th birthday. Do we want to take a four and seven-year-old on it? Probably right. Not. Like, <laughs> are they going to care about, here's the baked Alaska? Like... <laughs> Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So we ended up uh, finding the Disney ship out of Galveston, which is actually very convenient for us. We just drove down to the port. The kids absolutely adored it. Uh, This was the time when they were still having the character breakfast. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was kind of not into it. All these other characters that she had watched on TV were there. And then Mickey comes in. And... It was all over. She was smiling. She was happy. She had a dress for every princess that she met. (laughs) She would be so embarrassed now because now she's 11 and she doesn't do that anymore. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, we were we were hooked from the get-go. So that was an amazing first experience. It was also a very merry time. And it was it was just it was beautiful. It was wonderful. How many cruises have you guys done on Disney since? So the kids are now going to be gold. So the kids have done five. And I think Casey and I are up to eight. 
Nice. So you, (laughs) like us, have taken some cruises without the kids. (laughs) Yes, that was actually kind of how this started was we decided kind of after the reopening um, and kind of returned to cruising, we were like, let's just check it out and kind of see how it is. But also, we didn't really get to celebrate or have any vacations, just the Mm -hmm. two of us during COVID. And so we actually went on the wonder ourselves out of Galveston and loved it. We were like, oh my gosh, we're doing this again. (laughs) And so we did. Um, And we actually did that uh, this past Christmas um, in 2022 on the Magic. That was our first time on the Magic. Nice. And we kind of came off of that one and went, that was just, that was, it's so nice to just get some time, the two of us. And then we saw the transatlantic go on to the guaranteed stateroom rates. Ooh, yes. And so that's how it, that's, I guess, the story then of how you settled on doing the transatlantic was that that guarantee rate was just too good to pass up, huh? It really was. And this had been um, another year of kind of change around as far as our kids activities. Mm -hmm. And so in kind of looking at it, my last week of school was over the time that we would be away. Mm -hmm. But usually that last week is always for finals and, and that kind of process. So I didn't necessarily have to be there. And that was kind of a first time in forever kind of thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my husband, Casey, basically said, let's just do it. Why not? Let's just do it. Like, honestly, the basically two weeks of this vacation for the two of us is basically half the cost of what it would be to take the four of us on a one week vacation. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Can I back up and ask about your experience on Canard? It's famous for being one of the remaining cruise lines that really enforces dress codes. I mean, it is the definition of white glove service because they are actually wearing the white gloves. So, So, yeah, I mean, like, what was that like? It was amazing. I was only 10, but I have grown up in the dance world. I took ballet <laughs> as a kid. And, you know, I was very lucky to be taken to Broadway shows when I was, you know, very young. Um, my first attendance at a ballet was actually when I was two. And wow. my mom likes to tell the story that there were these two women who were sitting behind us. And at the end, they said, you walked in with her. We were very nervous. Yeah. <laughs> But then we saw Sleeping Beauty through her eyes and how enraptured she was. And we loved it twice as much, right? Oh, that's always kind of been my thing. I know it's not a lot of people's kind of thing. Well, yeah, you have to you have to be very graceful and formal as a dancer. And you're used to dressing up and being proper. And and I and I don't mean that in a negative way. It, it, It is a totally normal way for a dancer a trained dancer to be, right? And so that makes complete sense to me that if you, that's how you, you know, were from a young age, and I can tell now, obviously, you are that way today as well. Like, it makes sense. The Cunard would be like the perfect, and you would be mm-hmm. probably perfect as a child going on Celebrity too, right? Like, Sam would right. go on Cunard just for high tea. So let's just be honest. I would. If you do a transatlantic on Canard and have like seven straight yeah. days of high tea, you'd be there. Yes. I don't love dressing up, but I would dress up for high tea every single day. Yeah, absolutely. For those sandwiches and scones. Yeah, no question. And the tea, frankly, I do love tea. Well, I loved the dressing up on Canard and I still dress up, right? On the on on Disney. Disney, yeah. on Disney, I always take my dresses and I always change for dinner. 
And even if Casey doesn't do it, even if the kids don't do it, I always do it just because it makes me feel, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm on a cruise. <laughs> I love that. You know, what's funny. I never dress up at home, like, except for when I have to for court or something, but on a cruise, I also tend to dress up. I, I don't go super formal. Like I'm not wearing ever, you know, a, a full length ball gown or anything. But I like to wear a dress to dinner or a skirt and blouse or something. I do like to dress up for dinner. I feel like it is it, it is a little bit of an event. I don't know. It's just a little nice touch to have, even though I'm not going to be dressed in, in super formal wear. So I appreciate that as well. Okay. So what do you do with the kids for two weeks? You're, you know, you're doing this transatlantic cruise. You've got travel time on both ends because you had to fly to Florida from Texas and you've got to fly back from Barcelona after the cruise. So yeah, what, who's taking care of the kids? That would be my dad. So we were very, very lucky. Um, we've kind of gotten into this rhythm of he kind of comes down every May because that's usually a very, very busy time for us schedule wise. So we basically said, Hey, we're going to do this. <laughs> and when he looked at it, he's like, I want to go too. <laughs> sorry, dad. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah, so he, he came down and he actually met me in San Antonio where I was with my daughter at a swim meet. Mm -hmm. And then I drove up, met up with Casey and we went to the airport. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it was, it was a bit of kind of back and forth. And then Mason's older. So he was actually, he wasn't going to stay overnight, but he was actually home by himself for a little bit. So we had granddad come in and uh, basically spend the, the two weeks with them. And I kind of lamented as I was taking him back to the airport, you know, I got the shortest amount of time with him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, we were very, very lucky to, to have him come and stay with them. That's awesome. What made you land on the transatlantic? We'd always wanted to do it. So the other one we really want to do is Panama Canal. Mm -hmm. And just the way this one fell being the end of my semester, Casey was able to get, you know, kind of that time because it's not super, super busy at work yet, but we're also out of like the holiday and the spring season when new things are happening. This just kind of worked out the best. But yeah, it had always been something we wanted to do. We love sea days, as you could probably tell from Cunard, right? And that whole experience, it's like one of our favorite times is actually getting to explore the ship or, you know, go to the Remy dessert, which we did, yay, and and have kind of those those experiences. So this really felt like two cruises in one. We were very, very lucky because we had basically a sea day cruise that happened, and then we had our European vacation that happened. So it was really nice. That's nice. amazing. I love it. I love what it. kind of room did you end up with on board? So we did a guaranteed stateroom and it was a veranda. So we did a guaranteed veranda. We ended up with a room on the ninth floor and oh, fantastic. It, it was, it was beautiful. We were a little worried being so high up, you know, that maybe seasickness would kind of kick in a little bit more, but it didn't. The, the waters were really, really smooth. We didn't have any issues most rocking we had was, I believe it was between basically Ponte Delgado, the Azores, and Lisbon. So there was just one morning where mm -hmm. we heard the hangers going in the closet. And it was <laughs> like, closet. dang it, forgot to take those down. <laughs> you know, once we took them down, I was fine. I think Casey kind of felt the rocking more, but 
I, I love the rocking of the ship. So I was fine. I want to flesh out that tip for a second because I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show, but it was something that a friend of ours told us on our very first sailing because we, you know, on the last night we were on the fantasy. It was the last night we were going from Castaway Key back to Port Canaveral and they actually move at a pretty decent clip mm-hmm. to get you back to Port Canaveral early. And he told us, just take all the hangers in your closet off the, the rack or off the bar and put them in the floor of the closet. Trust me. Otherwise, all you're going to hear all night is the hangers banging into the closet doors. The ship is rocking back and forth. So pro tip, if you've had that problem and you didn't know that trick or if you haven't sailed before, it's a great trick when the hangers are empty and they bang against the closet door, just put them down on the floor. Well, I'm curious, let's segue into what you got up to on board because it is a lot of sea days. So you got to, you know, have a lot of action going on on board the ship. And so I'm curious what you got up to on board the ship to, you know, pass the time. I think a lot of people get concerned like, oh my gosh, six straight sea days or, you know, however many sea days in a row, I'm going to get just completely bored. I don't think that's the case. So what did you get up to? And what were some of the like the special things that they offered uh, throughout the cruise on board? Yeah, so I found myself wanting more time, right? Because they actually put a number of things that I was interested in at the same time. (laughs) So it was really hard, right? Because it was like, oh, I really want to go to this, but I really want to go to this. So one of the most special things that I really enjoyed um, and that I didn't miss any of, Bruce Kimbrell, one of the you know Imagineers from Disney, was on our ship. And he actually gave several talks on the sea days. And he talked about the history, his history with the Disney company. He talked about, you know, his history in Disneyland. He talked about the flops and the successes. Uh, He talked about uh, Walt Disney's apartment. And in fact, I was coming out of one of the shops as he was coming out of the theater after uh, the Disney's Walt Disney's apartment uh, conversation. And he had the piece of carpet from Walt Disney's apartment. So Bruce Kimbrell has a piece of carpet that was gifted to him when they redid Walt Disney's apartment in Disneyland. And he shared it with us. He, he laid it down on the stage at the end of his talk and people were kind of coming up to it. And I told him, That's you so know, cool. I took a picture of it, but I wasn't going to touch it, right? I, I my my field is actually history, right? So I, I deal a lot with kind of you know respecting these old documents and things. I'm used to wearing white gloves and being in the archives and things. And so I was like, oh, I I can't touch it. And he's like, yeah, you can. And he gave it to me. <laughs> and so there's a picture of me holding the carpet. He's next to me and his wife uh, was super sweet. And she went ahead and took the picture for us. And he was like, Aww. you can totally touch it here. You can hold it. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so that was just an amazing treat to get to you know, hear him kind of talk about his experiences. He had recordings of Walt Disney. And it was just, you know, that, that to me, as kind of somebody who's interested in the history, um, I just, I ate that up. That was unfortunately put uh, against the um, celebrity chef that was on board and never actually got to go to any of his, you know, events, but they were packed. Oh, that's another fun thing they do. They record the morning show live on the transatlantic, at least on the sea days. So yeah, it was so much fun. So every morning about uh, nine o'clock, um, you know, go have breakfast. And then we would go into, um, I think it's the D lounge on the, on the dream. And we would, you know, 
Lee and Anthony. Lee was our cruise director. Anthony was our assistant cruise director. And then hashtag Tony from Spain uh, would come in. And we keep hearing about Tony from Spain because he he used to be was he a cruise director or entertainment staff? Um, entertainment staff. And now yeah, he's we now never dealt with him, but he he is a. I feel he is a celebrity on Disney mm-hmm. Cruise Line. Yeah. 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 He really kind of has become <laughs> a thing. And so they they did, you know, just a great job. They would have the different guests. Um, so they had uh, two different Broadway uh, performers on, Michelle Knight and uh, Mark Edwards. So the two of them, you know, at various times were on. And then all of the variety acts that they had on. So there was a ventriloquist. There was, I'm going to call him a physical comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these different acts would actually come on to the morning show. Oh, so like a morning, like a Regis and Kelly. Like a Regis and Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Was, or Kathy Lee as used to, you yeah. know, be, or now, or now <laughs> right. Kelly and Mark, I guess it is she and her husband. But like, yeah, like, so they're doing their normal morning show that they would film, but also mm-hmm. talking to guests. That's so fun. Yeah. I love yeah, it. And so we got to be the live studio audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was it was great because you know they would you know kind of throw questions around or you know they'd say who wants to go see this and we'd be like yeah right they would uh show us the door of the day so there was always a door that won for decorating right so oh, cool. the door of the day would get a prize and uh there were Did you see any hunts. doors of the day with maybe DCL duo magnets? Uh. <laughs> I didn't. I did keep a lookout though. I did keep a lookout. I did see a few DCL magnets around. Mm-hmm. Now they happen to be our neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, they they gave an award for door of the day and then they also they had these scavenger hunts. It was basically a picture or you know 10 little pictures and you had to identify where they were and turn it in. And then they would award somebody the, the award for the scavenger hunt. Spoiler alert, it was a keychain because I got to win. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica, let's talk about some of the special performers, the variety acts. You mentioned a physical comedian, a ventriloquist. Um, Did you get to see any of these shows on board? Yes. So we got to see all of them, actually. So one of my favorites was Michelle Knight. Um, She was a singer and she didn't do a like a role in, say, Beauty and the Beast. Um, Mark Edwards did. Right. Mm -hmm. So he was actually guest on in Beauty and the Beast, which was a lot of fun. So he was your Broadway visiting performer. Um, Correct. On the show. Although she also did um, two performances. So she mm-hmm. did a main stage performance, um, which included a number of Disney tunes. Yes, but also she did some swing and uh, she also did Defying Gravity. Oh, my God. Like, it was amazing. She yeah. was amazing. I was yeah. like, I'm not I'm not crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was wonderful. And then we came back, I believe it was the next night she did her adults only performance Oh, nice! um, where she sang, I'll I'll say more sort of like nineties rock because she had that kind of sound and she had been in Jersey boys. So that was kind of her, her Broadway cred kind of bringing her in. And then for the magician, we got to see 
his family show. And then I don't think we got to see his adult only show, but his family show was was really fun and very sort of clever. I, very similar to a lot of the magicians I've seen on Disney, you know, always interesting and, and so quick. He had this card trick, you know, that he was playing with the kids and it was just like, you you cannot tell, right? You can't, <laughs> You're like, you can't see what's happening. happening. Yeah. And he's, he's moving the camera too. He's like, no, 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 you, you can't see, like, look at my hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it was, it was very, very impressive. And then I did not get to see the physical comedian do his show in the main theater. We got to see him in, um, in evolution, evolution. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was hilarious <laughs> because yeah. this was now the adult show. Michelle Knight's adult show was actually in, in the main stage theater. Oh, wow. It was just later in the evening. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. And so he was in there and, you know, the, first they kind of bring out a suitcase and everyone's look, looking at the suitcase and then he walks out and he's like, hmm. I wonder if anyone's in there. <laughs> right. So it was just, it was very clever. He did end up putting himself in the suitcase. Himself in and, the suitcase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> putting himself through a, through a tennis racket, you know, the, the whole nine yards. So oh it, he was, he was really fun. And then the ventriloquist, we only saw his main stage show. One of the funniest things that he did for that was he had two dads come up. And of course the kids love it when the dads are up Yeah, and he put, um, I'll call them like mouths on them, right? It was like a <laughs> headset that had a mouth attached. And then he was like manipulating the mouths and he was talking and talking for them. And they ended up singing, I'm a little teapot, all three of them. <laughs> and the kids were dying. It was, it was wonderful. So he was, he was really good. I have to say the talent of those variety act performers Disney just does such a good job of scouting like who's going to be appropriate for a Disney audience, mm -hmm. who's really funny, who's really good at what they do, right? All of those things. Because I, I will say like, I don't think I've seen a bad variety act performer ever on Disney Cruise Line. There are some that are better than others, no question, but I, don't, I could, would not say any of them were bad. I have to ask, you know, did you see the main stage shows in addition, right? Because as you mentioned, Beauty and the Beast and Gaston being the Broadway visiting performer, were were they did they live up to the your standards for Disney Cruise Line mage, main stage shows? And did you see all three of them? Oh yes, I saw all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't miss a main stage show if I could help it. <laughs> and um yeah, so we had um I believe it was, I didn't write it down, but I believe it was the Golden Mickeys. And then, and, and that was amazing. You know, they always do such a great job and it's always fun. It was a little kind of topical, right? So it was kind of, it was enjoyable. And then we got to see uh, Beauty and the Beast, of course. And we were very, very lucky because the day before we actually got to do the behind the scenes oh, uh, nice. because we were gold. So we got to go in and, and see some of how they make the, the magic work 
uh, behind the scenes in Beauty and the Beast. And that was amazing because again, spoiler, but Beauty and the Beast is my favorite of, of the shows. So I love That's correct. To see that. You just won <laughs> Rapid Fire. You haven't even played Rapid Fire, Jessica, and you've already won because the correct answer on Disney Cruise Line is always Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I adored that. So yeah. did they do what's it. another one? Is it I can't remember if is it Believe or or Dreams? Believe, it's right? Believe. The, the it's man believe. and the flower. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, where he names it after his daughter in the end. Oh, sorry. but it is it's it's super sweet and i we had a great genie he was phenomenal we had seen he was um lefou in beauty and the beast so we had seen him before and he actually knew um mark edwards so they got to perform as lefou and gaston together and they had apparently been on the touring uh, production as well. So that oh, was really wow. neat because he actually came in, the LeFou performer actually came in when Mark was talking to, you know, us in the D lounge and they kind of, you know, went back and forth a little bit and that, that was phenomenal. So yeah, so he was, he was a great genie and, and I really enjoyed all of the shows, but yeah, it was really special to me, especially to get to see the behind the scenes of Beauty and the Beast and then to see it actually happen. Yeah. So we've heard, um, and actually there was some discussion of this in our Facebook group group recently, the gold and platinum, um, and now pearl, gold, platinum, pearl reception that they have now brought back, it seems, on most of the sailings. And they always, I think they always do it on the longer sailings, I should say. I don't believe they do it on the shorter sailings. So I'm talking seven nights, maybe, but for sure on the sailings longer than seven nights, they do a gold platinum and now pearl reception. And it seems to be what they're bringing back is what they did pre-pandemic, um, at least what we saw pre-pandemic on the fantasy, where we had a, it was, they bring you into the main stage theater in the Walt Disney Theater, and they show you a behind the scenes look at what's going on backstage to do like a set change uh, between one scene and another in, in your case, Beauty and the Beast, in our case, it was Aladdin. And then they let you listen to what's going on on the mics for the backstage, um, for all the, the backstage people. And it's just really cool to kind of see how they make it happen. And they have the performers on stage in costume and all of that. So they show you like a scene and then they show you the scene, you know, backstage or, or vice versa. And it's just a, a really cool experience. And then I think we got a drink and then maybe a Rice Krispie treat on the way out or something like that. <laughs> yes, there was. There was a Rice Krispie treat. I managed to miss all of the free drinks. I don't know how I did that, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like usually one of those blue drinks that's not great anyway. It's like a, you know, a drink yeah. of the day drink, not the not the best drink. Well, it sounds like you had some really fantastic little extras on those sea days. But of course, we need to talk a little bit about the port days because, you know, you had, I think, six sea days in a row and then you have a bunch of port days in a row with, I think, one more sea day mixed in. But these are some really cool ports that Disney doesn't get to go to every time they cruise in Europe. Of course, Barcelona accepted because they go in and out of Barcelona quite a bit. But yeah, tell us what you got up to at each of your port stops. We'll start with um, Punta Delgada in the Azores or Azores. I forget how they say it. Azores, but yeah, tell us. Azor- yeah. So tell us, tell us how that port was and, and what you got up to. So that one was beautiful. Uh, we actually got off and did a bus tour that kind of went around 
And we were able to kind of go up and see they have these two lakes on the on the main island that we we stayed on the main island. We didn't hop to one of the others. And it is actually one lake, but the locals kind of have this story of the blue lake and the green lake. And it comes from these two lovers who were parted in life, but they're always together through their tears that merge under the bridge um, in, these, in these lakes. Yeah, it was really beautiful. It's a Romeo and Juliet type of story, right? They, totally can't, be, they can't fully be together, but for one moment, they're together. <laughs> yeah. And so this is like the like heart, if you will, of kind of the island. And, you know, so we got to go up there and we stopped at a small town that was nearby and we got to see, you know, got to walk around the town a little bit and we actually got to see part of a festival that was happening. So we were actually there on Mother's Day and one of our table mates very cleverly took a picture <laughs> of some of the festivities and basically sent it back to his son and was like, look at what I did for her for Mother's Day, right? <laughs> I lined the street with flowers. With flowers. And I don't mean like they're on the side. I mean, like there is a carpet of flowers. Not you really. cannot walk down the middle of the street without stepping on flowers. It oh, was that's so cool. Beautiful. I bet it smelled incredible too. Oh yeah. It was just, it was amazing. And, you know, and to see all of the, you know, the locals as well as the tourists were, were out there just enjoying them themselves. And it was, you know, we had really great weather also. It wasn't too hot. It was, mm -hmm. you know, really kind of beautiful and it um, kind of set the mood for, for the, for the day, right? It was just you know, beautiful flowers and it was a celebration, you know, a religious celebration for them mm -hmm. and kind of getting to see them and all their finery. And I'm going to say processing with, yeah. you know, their various vestments and, uh, and then they warned us too. They were like, you might hear fireworks, but they're fireworks. So don't get scared. Yeah, and yeah, they did. yeah. It was like at various points, you know, that the festivities would pause, you'd see a whole group and then fireworks would, would go off. Like that's oh, cool. part of their, of their celebration. So yeah, it would, that was amazing. I really, really want to go back. I kind of mentioned our table mates before we were actually, so it was just the two of us on this cruise. And so the first night uh, we met our table mates, we were seated at a table for eight, but we really never saw the fourth couple. Uh, but the other two couples, we got to know very, very well. Uh, we have already been in contact. <laughs> And um, it was really neat to kind of hear one couple was actually on the, the bus tour with us. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other couple actually did some kayaking on those lakes that I was mentioning. Oh, cool. And they said it was, you know, just amazing to be out there. And, uh, you know, they didn't get to see as much of kind of the, the festival, but they really enjoyed kind of just being out in nature and getting to, they learned kind of the same stories and things about the, about the lakes. What was your second port? I know it was in Portugal, right? Or yes. Yeah. Um, I think you had essentially three stops in Portugal, including the, your first stop being obviously an island stop. What was your second stop and, and what did you all get up to there? So our second stop was in Lisbon and Lisbon was Wonderful, but I absolutely need to go back because we didn't really stay in Lisbon. We opted to go up to Centra and kind of see more of the kind of history. Um, there is a kind of palace 
up there. Um, and then you can go up a little bit higher to a monastery and uh, beautiful views from Centra. And we kind of came down from there and stopped at another town and had a great uh, lunch. So that was really, that was really enjoyable. Um, and our guide, you know, was kind of telling us a little bit about the culture um, mm-hmm. and, you know, what you want to have. And I did manage to have my Portuguese tart. So nice. I got to actually have the, the real thing. And what I found kind of remarkable is they sell, like, you can buy the tart and a glass of port because oh, why not? You're in Portugal. Right. When in right? Portugal, exactly, exactly. So that was that was really kind of neat, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Ended up getting another tart later on too because I was like, oh, <laughs> you you know, it's you have to do what the locals do, right? You have to try their you know their foods and their wines in order to immerse yourself in their culture. Would you like a chance to sail with the DCL Duo? Well, we have an opportunity for you. That's right. Next June is going to be our first ever inaugural DCL Duo podcast cruise. And we have a fun lineup of stuff on its way for that sailing. We're going to be on the magic for a three-night Bahamian sailing out of Fort Lauderdale on June 19th next year, 2024, with a stop at Lighthouse Point, one of the first sailings to go to Lighthouse Point. We are so excited to welcome all of you you, our listeners and fans out there to join us on this sailing. We've got some special things we want to do, including essentially an onboard recording of the podcast, which will just be so much fun. If you are interested in sailing with us, we would love to meet you. We always love to meet and interact with our listeners. So if you're interested, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. That's mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. Let them know you're interested in this sailing. We have a room block reserved, which means you've got opening day pricing locked in for some of our remaining rooms. So head over there, check it out. We'd love to see you on board with that. Thanks to My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to the episode. Now, I forgot to ask you for this excursion, as well as the last one, did you do Disney excursions or did you book excursions on your own through a third party provider? So except for Barcelona, which was after the cruise, everything Mm -hmm. we did was through Disney. And that was because we had never been to these ports. And so we didn't really know. uh, And we wanted to make sure that you know, everything was kind of lined up. I'm really glad we did do that in Lisbon. um, Because one of the additional stops is we went out onto the coast. Um, There's a giant cross that's erected that is the furthest, furthest west of the European continent, I believe. And so we went out there as a part of that. And then we came back in and we basically like, got back to the ship 15 minutes before boarding. Yeah, but they knew we were there, and they knew we were coming. Um, but we didn't really get to see much of Lisbon except for you know looking at it, right? Um, driving through, yeah, yeah, kind of driving and passing through. And there was a bridge that we also uh, went under coming into and out of Lisbon. Mm-hmm. And there happened to be a train going over when we were coming in, and they did the horns and everything. <laughs> so that that was really kind of fun for for Lisbon. Well, it definitely sounds like a city worth visiting. And I'm sure even if you had spent all your time in the city, it still wouldn't have been enough time because it is, I mean, it's, it is obviously a major city in Europe. So let's talk about your third port. What was your third port? Our third port was actually Cadiz. So we actually went 
from Lisbon down. And then I think Cadiz is actually Spain. Ah. So we went into Cadiz and Cadiz is basically a small town, right? The The historical center is is really, really small. You can walk from basically the port to the beach on the other side oh, wow. easily. And so we actually did basically a walking tour um, in Cadiz that included tapas. So we stopped at a couple of different place, places. Went in and, Spain. And tried, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we learned that their version, for us, it would be like a quiche, but what did they keep calling it? Oh, they called it a tortilla. But yeah, they called it a tortilla and it was a oh, potato huh. kind of thing, um, but it was like an inch thick huh. and it was very, very tasty. And we got to try that and uh, uh, several others. And then we went to the flamenco because oh, of course I had yeah, to you flamenco. Have, yeah. <laughs> very cool. Well, and as a dance professor, I mm-hmm. imagine that's got to be a highlight for you or a low light, I guess, if the, if the dancers yeah. end up being not so good. <laughs> but, no, no, they were phenomenal. They did an amazing <laughs> job. Um, it was just uh, a male and female and they kind of followed what I'm going to call a traditional kind of dance format where they danced together um, and then they each had a solo and then they kind of came back in and performed together as kind of a finale. Uh, okay. And one of the fun things about flamenco is when you are there, you are part of the flamenco, right? So flamenco is not just the music. It's not just the dance. It's the entire kind of atmosphere. So that's why if you ever go to a flamenco and they're like, clap, do it <laughs> because they want that. They feed off of that energy and they did an amazing job. So I was, I was really impressed by both of them and, and the musicians as well. Right. Because that the singing. Oh is yeah. Live musicians. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I that's, love it. It was great. You had this, you know, this tour, but did it include any kind of like sit down meal, like maybe paella or something? No, not not for this one. So this was several tapas stops. Um, I think mm-hmm. we actually had three. Um, and nice. then, of course, there were tapas at the flamenco performance as well. Nice. So that was really kind of enjoyable. Um, and one of the things I found really entertaining, we, we had wonderful guides for all of our, our tours. Again, you know, Disney always kind of selects great but our guide for this one in particular was just kind of funny and hilarious. Like he lived in the city and he's like, oh, go there. Tell them I sent you. Go there, but don't tell them I sent you. Right? <laughs> and, you know, he was he was kind of tossing out all these different um, options of where we might want to go. And several in our in our group kind of did go to, you know, more of a sit down to have, mm-hmm. you know, more tapas. We actually ended up going back to the ship because we were, you know, been walking. Right. Yeah, this was a totally a long walking day. tour. So we went back to the ship and had had lunch um, on, on board. And then we've got to talk about your last stop before you get to, of course, Barcelona, which technically Barcelona is your last stop, but it's where you disembark. So what was your last port stop on the cruise? Well, so the last port stop was Cartagena. And even before that... Uh, oh, you we- have two more. I missed one. <laughs> All right. Well, it's not, it's not really a port stop, but yes, there, there's another one after Cartagena. But we also did the Straits of Gibraltar. Oh, and that's, that's kind of unique to the transatlantic either, I think, maybe only eastbound. Because I, th- I think westbound comes from uh, England, right? So oh, they do yes. the British Isles. And then... Yes, you're right. Yeah, we passed through the Straits of Gibraltar. Unfortunately, it was at night, but this is the first time when I've ever been on a Disney cruise 
and felt like, oh my goodness, it's like adult party ship. <laughs> wow. It was, it was kind of interesting. So now we did know because Lee had told us on one of the, you know, very first, uh, shows, uh, welcome, you know, good morning, Disney dream. He said there were only 400 children on board mm. and this is between, you know, babies and 17, but then, you know, the rest of us were all adults. And so there were some kids, uh, that were out, but we basically passed through the Straits of Gibraltar at about two o'clock in the morning. And it was funny because everybody was up there wrapped in their blankets and whatnot. But then everyone got the picture of putting your arms out. And it's like, you know, here's the African continent. Here's the European continent. And, oh, that's so cool. You know, I look like I'm kind of touching both of them. Both at the so, same time. Wow. Yeah. So that was, that was really kind of neat. Yeah. So yeah, in Cartagena, we did um, some more tapas because again, we're in Spain. And walked a little bit more. We actually started by looking at the cathedral. So I'm I'm a total history nerd, right? So this is Carthage reimagined on, you know, in in what is now Spain. So, you know, it was really kind of fascinating to see this cathedral where people were they they loved Cartagena and then they didn't love it. And then they loved it again, right? And so the the cathedral has like these three different layers of kind of the building material, right? Some is marble. And then it's kind of like sandstone, essentially. <laughs> it's like, eh, here we go. And then there's marble again on top. Uh, we got to see some Roman ruins um, oh, cool. and actually kind of walk around and see, you know, where they had kind of uncovered and they haven't done anything with it, right? It's still kind of in its research phase. And it was just, that was really, really cool to see. Uh, and there's a fort nearby that was actually free that day. So it was like, special museum day or something. And, you know, we were first like, well, we'll, we'll just keep looking at the Roman ruins. And then I read the sign and I was like, I think gratia means free. Yes. <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> they were like, yeah, come on in. And, and so we got to walk around the fort and get some great pictures, you know, out to sea as well as, um, of, of the town. So that was, that was another really, oh, really awesome. beautiful day. Yeah. Did you get a nice shot of, you know, the Disney dream sitting in port? Not from that one. In Cadiz, okay. we did. In Cadiz, okay. we were able to get a good, a good picture of the dream. And so that was, that was pretty, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And then you said you had one more port after Cartagena. Yes. Oh, Malaga. I flipped them. You were, you were right, Sam. So it is, it's Malaga and then Cartagena and then Barcelona. So tell us about Malaga. No worries that we talked about Cartagena first. Everybody who just heard about Cartagena, you're going to flip this. <laughs> Ma Malaga was first and then Cartagena. So yeah, tell us wh what did you get up to in Malaga? So in Malaga, we actually had um, a lot of fun kind of touring around and visiting this Roman amphitheater. So the Roman amphitheater it basically was discovered not too long ago when uh, these older women actually unfortunately passed away and they basically dedicated their house to becoming a, um, I'm going to call it a handicrafts museum, right? A museum of kind of weaving and yarn work and things like that. Okay. And when they were demoing to kind of prepare for that, they found Roman ruins. <laughs> And unlike other places like in Cadiz, where the joke was like, if it's Roman, uh, right? Phoenician. <laughs> okay, we care about that. We want to kind of check this out. Oh. Roman, uh, whatever. <laughs> 
So they found this uh, Roman amphitheater where you can actually see that they had used different pieces uh, from previous Roman constructions, right? So not only is this amphitheater like fascinating, but it's also kind of modern, right? It's modern Roman as opposed to ancient Roman. So you can actually see kind of the difference between the stone that was, you know, originally used for some things and then they they used it now later for them, right? For us, it's all ancient in this in this amphitheater. And I was kind of the obnoxious person because they actually did have it floored. And uh, we were kind of standing and very respectfully talking. And she was saying, you are welcome to tour. Just don't go, you know, where the ropes are, right? Because the steps had, you know, degraded over time, right? Sure. So the, the seating steps, you just had to be kind of careful and, and not go into those spaces. But I said, can we go on the stage? And the tour guide said, sure, but you have to do something. And I was like, okay, <laughs> no it. problem. <laughs> did, you dance? did you dance for your group? I, I, I did. I went up and I did a pirouette and I was like, ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done some flamenco, I feel like. I, I should was, have. You know, you're in Spain. <laughs> I, I should have. It would have been cool. I, I think I embarrassed Casey enough, though, at that point. And he was kind of like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who embarrasses Brian, too. Just FYI. <laughs> But it was really fascinating to kind of be up there because you got a very different perspective and you could mm-hmm. actually kind of see they had reconstructed one side, but not the other. So oh, by being up there, you could actually go and see kind of the pit where they had not done the reconstruction and you could see kind of how things had fallen over and how they got to the reconstructed side on on the opposite side. Um, actually stage left, right? So, <laughs> right, right. so it was really kind of remarkable to see like, this is where, you know, the, the actors would have kind of gone behind and then come out, right? A little different from kind of our interpretation, but it was sort of that passing behind the column and kind of a passing of time. So to me, as kind of a, a lover of antiquities and things, I, I found that really fascinating. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we got to walk then around the rest of the town. um, And that one did include a very good uh, sit down meal. We were kind of hidden, squirreled away in this uh, upstairs part of a restaurant. um, And we know that it was good because we saw basically all of the entertainment cast eating downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) So we were kind of like, Hi, I know you. And they're sort of like, ah. we're like, okay, we're not, we're not going to interrupt you, right? Right. Um, you have their their time off, yeah. Their time off, exactly. But we did. We saw a number of cast members out and about in all of the ports, um, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful because I had made friends with some of the other entertainment folks, and uh, so you know, I have some pictures of of me kind of meeting them um, out and about. Uh, I think I showed the picture with Rebecca. And then, you know, there were, there were several others. So it was really nice to know, okay, not only are we going to someplace good, but like the cast likes it too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is nice. I mean, I feel like the cast members, especially one, they know where those places are because they, they will pass along to each other, you know, or perhaps those that were on the magic in previous years found this and now they have to be on the dream or they've talked to the cast members on the dream and, and told them about these places. But also they, they've been at sea working for days, right? And so for them, this is their, you know, this is their opportunity to get a break and they have this precious little amount of time. You know that they're not going to waste it on like some not so good food or not so good restaurant. Like they're going to find those, you know, those special places. So that's always yeah. fun. It was, it was really neat. And that was kind of something 
that we feel was maybe a little bit of a, a miss because in each of the ports, um, Casey and I actually made a point every morning when we docked to kind of watch because this was the first time the Disney Dream was actually visiting these ports. Right. And so we actually saw the dignitaries coming with, you know, various gifts and whatnot, and they would be met. Um, and then they would be ushered onto the ship. And we were kind of like, I want to see that on the stateroom TV. Like, even yeah. if you just did, you know, five minutes from each of the the port welcomes, if you will. But, you know, that would have been kind of neat from, from my perspective uh, to kind of see that, you know, welcoming of the Disney dream to Europe for the very first time. Yeah. So not only were the cast members kind of getting a chance to get off the ship and get away and, you know, have, have a moment. But they were also, you know, getting to explore someplace possibly for the first time, um, unless they had been lucky enough to be on the magic. Yeah. When we stopped in Cartagena, they actually mentioned the last time she was here is when she was built and then she was coming over. Well, Jessica, I think we have reached that point in the show where I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment are the round we call a rapid fire. So Sam, even though you've been asking all the questions, you've given me no time to ask questions today in the show. <laughs> Just been like rapid fire already, but take it away. I'm sorry, Brian. You know, I get really <laughs> excited about these, particularly about these shows where there's all these special onboard activities and a especially special stuff on the Walt Disney stage or on the stage of evolution, the tube or, or, you know, any of these adult, the adult spaces. I just love talking about that stuff. And so I could go on and on. And, and, you know, obviously Jessica and I have that in common. So I, I just can't help myself. So I'm going to ask you your Disney Cruise Line favorites, Jessica. Since it's a bonus episode, I'm going to do it abbreviated. We're going to skip over your favorite character movie and song and head right to the ship to find out. Actually, you already told us well, your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show, at least on board the Disney Dream. Will you tell me, please tell me that your favorite Disney main stage show on all of the Disney ships that you've been on is also Beauty and the Beast. It is. You're right. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> Hands down. Whew. Whew. All right. I don't have to take away your medal. Okay. <laughs> or your keychain that you want on board. Oh, yeah. Tell me, what is your favorite rotational dining on any of the Disney Cruise Line ships that you've been on? So that would actually be Tiana's. Love yeah. Tiana's. We were very lucky. We actually got to be on it when they even had the light up menus. So initially you could press a little button and, you know, it basically looked like Evangeline, right? Doing her little thing. So, so yeah. Tell me what's your favorite bar or adult space on board a Disney Cruise Line ship? That's now gotten a lot harder. Mm -hmm. So I think ultimately it's the Cadillac Lounge, but I did really enjoy Skyline. Yep. And I had not really gotten to spend much time in it before. In fact, before this trip, I really didn't even know where Meridian even was. Oh right. My God. So we had not, <laughs> we, right. We had not gotten to kind of explore any of that. And so I think, I think definitely, you know, it's kind of a lounging, hanging out, a place where we've had wonderful uh, tastings and stuff. Cadillac. Awesome. All right. Your favorite place to relax on a Disney Cruise Line ship? That is a toss up between the spa and probably deck four. Yeah. Right. Just being able to sit in one of the chairs or even just taking a, a stroll kind of around deck four. Uh, we have not yet been on the wish, so not sure how that'll play, but uh, definitely, you know, being able to hang out in the spa, have a massage, 
or just kind of relax in the chairs, right? I love it. I love that promenade deck. All right. I need to know your favorite sweet item and your favorite savory item on Disney Cruise Line. Doesn't have to be even on this particular cruise, but overall. Well, overall, it's the beignets. And that's just because I love them. (laughs) And we can't really get them here in Texas. Um, So for those of you who have had other beignets, you're so lucky. I, I will have beignets all the time. Um, also the Mickey churro waffles, which we did get to have. And that was so good. Um, so I love those. And then for savory, it's, it's kind of a dark horse thing. I couldn't even find the name of it because I can't find this menu. Um, but it is a beef dish at Rapunzel's Mm -hmm. at lunch. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it, see, it comes with, I have a picture of it, but it comes with like plantains and rice. And then it's these, you know, well done or tasty, not well done. Like they, they're good um, strips of, of beef. And, and that was yeah. really remarkable. I would not normally have chosen that, but that's kind of my favorite savory. Oh, I love it. Well, I love plantains, so you can't go wrong yeah. with those as a side anyway. <laughs> All right. Now, did you say you've been on the magic? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've been on the magic. Okay. And the reason I ask is because it's a very important question. I know you haven't, you say you haven't been on the wish. So Aqua Mouse is out of contention, but this is a, you know, of course, a really important question. The Aqua Dunk versus the Aqua Duck. Which one is Aqua Duck all the way. Aqua Dunk, unfortunately, (laughs) causes, you know, all sorts of havoc. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifying, terrifying. Terrifying. But I did it and it was fun. And there is video of me screaming. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) But Aqua Duck all the way. I, I would do that one a bunch. Awesome. Okay. Your favorite ship of the ones that you have been on. So it sounds like you've been on the four the four originals, let's put it that way. We have not yet been on the fantasy, but oh, that okay. is something we want to do. But even with that, it's the wonder. We've been, you know, our first one was on the wonder and then we got to do the wonder to Alaska. And the first time that Casey and I just were like, okay, let's just try this, the two of us and see how it yeah. goes. It was the wonder. So yeah, she's our ship. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. Now, the last question I ask everyone, what is your bucket list cruise? If you could go anywhere on Disney Cruise Line, even if Disney Cruise Line doesn't currently go there, where are you sailing? So I'm actually going to borrow one from your previous guests because it was awesome. I totally want to do like around basically New Zealand and and Australia, right? But I really want to yeah. kind of go around New Zealand and then do the Polynesian Islands oh. and end up in Hawaii. So I would love to like do a back to back to back or something like that. Um, so that would sounds be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Sounds that I I'd be there. I'd be there for sure. Except it would be during school. <laughs> I know, right? That's the problem. Well, Jessica, we'll have to have you back so Sam can add on the like three or four additional questions to the next rapid fire round so you can find out your Disney favorites as well. But for now, I just want to thank you for taking the time to share your fabulous transatlantic crossing experience with all of our listeners and just really, really appreciate you taking the time to share that with us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 
Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Bye.